0: Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. So my chaos theory, as it involves the great reset crowd and everything else, is coming true again. I've got that. My cannibalism theory is true as well. No, I'm not boiling and eating people. I'm not Jeffrey Dahmer. No, Uh, my cannibalism theory on the left of them eating their own is coming true again. I've got that. It's just some of the craziest video also from Karine Jean-Pierre, who continues to humiliate the White House on the press podium. A lot to talk about. And a little update on what happened to me yesterday. Uh, the Great Reset crowd um, is really doubling down. We seem to have uh, elicited a lot of attention with yesterday's show that, that went, uh, went viral. They, uh, they are playing for keeps. So we're going to start with some chaos theory. I'm going to show you what happened with Beto O'Rourke and how it plays into this whole thing. Let's go. Here we go, Dano o So, uh, the, yes, sir. Thank you for it. Uh, of, uh, we taped a little early yesterday, so it's been an yeah. unusual amount of time since I've spoken to these guys. But I really appreciate everyone's kind words. I dropped off my daughter, Isabella College, yesterday. I did a little locals video on the road trip we took. It was some quality time with my daughter. I appreciate your patience. I was off from the radio show yesterday. Obviously, it's a live radio show. Couldn't do it from the road. That would have been kind of difficult. I'm not sure the uh, the uh, satellite link up uh, would have worked that well but uh it was amazing i went to go shopping for her in a in a store and was getting her a bunch of you know paper products and sheets and all that other stuff for her new dorm room and it's crazy i run into this guy like the world's so small i ran into this guy i was a secret service agent with like 15 years ago who's dropping off his daughter at the same college and shopping for the same stuff i'm like this is just amazing but um watching her go being a dad's the most important job in the world and uh God bless you, Isabel, and your new journey, and thank you for all your kind words. I appreciate it. All right, let's get to the tough stuff here. Chaos theory, the Great Reset. Folks, uh, this is the never-let-a-crisis-go-to-waste theory. The Great Reset crowd, as I've been describing over the last couple of months, is extremely dangerous. It is a crowd of globalists. They don't hide their Great Reset agenda. Matter of fact, Klaus Schwab, the head of the World Economic Forum, wrote a book called The Great Reset. And the gist of The Great Reset is it provides a bunch of fa- flowery language for a for what they perceive to be a literal reset. We have a number of democracies and constitutional republics and parliamentary systems around the world where the will of the people matter. The great reset crowd doesn't want that. They prefer global authoritarianism, top-down management, and any way they can get it, they'll get it. But people, in a nutshell, people don't want to surrender their freedom, folks. It's a reason jail sucks. People don't want to give up their freedom to authoritarians who are going to tell them what to do. Got it? Great Reset crowd knows this, so they know if they can instill enough chaos by attacking the food supply, the energy supply, public safety, a war on police, that people will be so desperate to get back to, quote, normal, that they will accept authoritarianism. Please, 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 I'm begging you, begging you in the name of all that's good. Please understand what I'm telling you is a fact. There are useful idiots who don't know this. But the people who are who are behind this globalist authoritarian movement know exactly what I'm telling you is true. The chaos is intentional. And one of the ways I covered yesterday, the attack on the, you didn't listen to yesterday's show. If you missed it, please check it out. The attack on the food supply, that'll create the chaos they need. The attack on the energy business and your ability to fill up your gas tank, that'll create chaos. The attack on police, that'll create a public safety chaotic situation. People will crave for order again. Even if a tyrant has to do it, this is what they want. But one of the other ways they want to instill chaos, and please don't downplay this as a piece of their great reset ideology. One of the other ways they want to do it is a war on objective truth. This is Joe and I have been talking about this, my gosh, for eight ah, years. forever. You, yeah, forever. You cannot have order. Democracies, parliamentary systems, and constitutional republics. You can't have that. <clears throat> without having an attachment to objective truth right the fact that what's 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 a, what's a practical measure of objective truth the bill of rights whether joe's white black green muslim hindu jewish indian non-indian immigrant non-immigrant union non-union man woman doesn't matter joe has an objective set of values granted to him by god protected by a constitution the left hates that Because in order to create the chaos and the authoritarianism, authoritarians and tyrants have to treat people however they want to reach their goal, which means they don't have rights. Dig? You dig it? So there's got to be a war on any objective truth, including your God-given rights. And you start hearing about things like versions of stuff. Here's what I mean. Now, this guy's a useful idiot. He really is. He's not smart enough, I think, to be a part of the higher-level ideology. It's an even bigger insult that he's just a useful idiot and repeats their talking points without thinking about him. Here's Beto O'Rourke, I mean, an obvious clown, running for governor on the liberal far left side in, uh, uh, in, the, in the great state of Texas. Here's Beto the other day, repeating a Terry McAuliffe, former candidate for governor of Virginia, who lost. Thank God. I'm not using his name in vain. Repeating the Terry McAuliffe talking point that parents, it's not your job to tell teachers what to do. And it's certainly not your job to tell teachers what version of the truth they should teach. There's there's versions? I was I was I was totally unaware of this. Check this out. What if we treated that teacher with the respect that she has earned, that she is owed, that we all want to give her. We don't need to tell her what version of history she is allowed to teach in a classroom. We don't need to scare the parents of those kids before her about something called CRT that I've never heard of before last year. Hilariously, too, the second part of that claims he hasn't heard of CRT. Now, (laughs) Joe, if you're running for governor, I get what he's trying to do. Critical racism training, which is what CRT really is. Critical racism training is grotesquely unpopular across pretty much all the political spectrum. So Beto, in order to get elected, has to feign ignorance. Oh, I never heard of it. I don't know what it is. We get it. We get it. We get the drill you're doing. But think about how embarrassing that is. It's become a major issue in America and our education system. The guy's running for governor in one of our biggest, most important states, Texas, and openly says he has no idea. He's just heard of it recently. I'm not sure like whether him not knowing or faking not knowing is worse. I'm not kidding. Either he's an idiot or he's poorly pretending to be an idiot in an effort to lie to you because he thinks you're an idiot. But the first part of that's the most important part. Beto is talking about a version of the truth. What version of the truth should teachers teach? Ladies and gentlemen, it's not versions of the truth. We defeated the Nazis in World War II. World War I, there was a specific cascade of events that happened beforehand. What role and the degree they played in starting World War I, okay, that's open for opinion. But there's no version of the truth. The 1619 Project, a liberal, you know, uh, symbiote with CRT, is not true. That's not what happened. It's not a version of the truth. But do you see how this fits into the bigger kind of cornucopia of ideas the totalitarian Great Reset crowd has? This chaos theory? How if we can create enough ideological confusion too, people will just crave order again and they'll go along with anything. Do you see how this works? They can't have objective truth because that means objective values, which means if you have values, the if, uh, if you have rights and values, not granted by the government, but by God, the government can't do anything about it. Here's another example of what I mean. Whenever you start hearing about versions of the truth, understand this is the left's goal, chaos. Breitbart. These articles will be in the newsletter today, bongino.com slash newsletter. Education consulting firm seeks to promote queer math in K-12 schools. There's queer queer math. What the hell is that? Uh, uh, I, mean, I don't know. They want to implement gender theory and math classes, it huh. says in this bright bar piece. One, I'm reading it from the screen like you are, Joe. One such activity focuses on the thoroughly debunked wage gap myth, and it's called an intersectional look at the gender pay gap. The gender pay gap, ladies and gentlemen, is not due to discrimination. We've already explained this thing a thousand times. Different job selection, time in the workforce. There's, it, they make this up the lab. The lesson intended for math classes asks students uh, what genders are represented? What other genders are there? What the hell does this have to do with math? The answer is it's the LGBTQ. I, A, 2 plus, B, I, P, O, C, math version. There is no version of math. Five plus five equals 10. There's no alternate version of that. You get what's going on here? You see how when you see this, when you see you can't unsee it, when you see the war on anything objective so that the left can wipe out objective truth and treat you subjectively, take away your rights in a heartbeat, you see it everywhere. The bending of words, the bending of meanings. Words have an objective meaning, folks. They have an objective meaning. Math has an objective definition. Math has an objective result. Six plus six equals 12. That's not subject to your opinion. You'll see this everywhere now. This is a little heavy to start out with. I'm, I'm questioning my decision to start out with this right now. i got to be honest, guys. This is some heavy stuff for the beginning of the show. What? You dig it? Okay, thanks. I appreciate it. He throws compliments. Yeah, it can't be heavy no no matter where you did it, Dan. It's true. Thank you. Yeah, Might as well get it done. That's right. Here's another one. I'm telling you, when you see this, you will never unsee it. I warned you about this the other day. The Blaze. Again, be in the newsletter if you want to read it yourself. Wikipedia changes editing rules as users fight over the definition of recession. Folks, there is not a subjective definition of recession. It was understood objectively throughout the language, through human history, to mean two consecutive quarters of shrinking GDP. But now, because you can't have objective truth, because tyrants have to use things to create chaos, they have to change and bend the meaning of words. They note in this Eric Servon piece at the Blaze, Wikipedia has implemented restrictions for new and unregistered users who try to edit its page about recession. According to the hill, new users and anonymous users will be able to make changes to the recession page, but their edits will be subject to review from volunteer editors. You get you see you 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 see what's going on? Tyrants, authoritarianism, top-down rule, volunteer editors. So, the collective knowledge of 330 million Americans inputting their input into Wikipedia to better a page is not good. They have to have select radical leftists who serve as, quote, volunteer editors to make sure they tell you subjectively what the definition of an objective, objective word means, an objective definition. You see this? You'll never, ever unsee this. This is not a coincidence. The war on the food supply, the war on our streets and war on police to create chaos, the war on your gas tank and energy supplies to freeze you out. And keep you from driving your car. And the war on objective truth has been the sole goal of the great reset slash communist slash socialist for for eons. This is how they do it. Chaos and confusion. People won't even know where Tower of Babel is coming true right now. All right, let me move on. As I said, that was heavy. Another redefinition is coming, too right in line with the Democrats bending and warping of language. So we're all speaking to each other in tongues. Nobody understands. That's the goal. Babel is the goal. They need Babel. So an authority figure can swoop in and say, order, order, remember the guy from Titanic? Yeah. Remember at the yeah. end, he fires the gun. And you remember that show order, order, there will be order here. That's what they want. They need the ship to be, this is a great example. I didn't, it's totally unintended. They need the Titanic to be sinking. So everybody panics and an authority figure can come in and take a Order, order here. There will be order. Again, redefinition of words creates chaos. It's what they want. Expect another redefinition coming. Redefinition of, of words in this case, precision matters. You can expect a redefinition in the coming days of what a healthy labor market is, too. What do you mean, Dan? Healthy labor market means we're adding more jobs, unemployment's going down. Like That's not hard. Yeah, it wasn't hard to define recession either up until uh, a week ago. Everybody knew what a recession was. I played you. I'm not playing the video over here. I played you montage upon montage. Bill Clinton, Obama, Pelosi, Democrats, media people all agreeing what a recession is. Two quarters of shrinking GDP. We're not doing that anymore. Now, how could you possibly screw up what a healthy labor market is? You're either adding jobs or you're not. Watch them redefine this going forward. Here's what I mean. In order to avoid using the R word, the great reset crowd, and Joe Biden and his goons, right? In order to avoid using the R word, they said, well, you know what? We may have had a negative quarter of GDP, but the job market's still growing. You know, we're adding jobs and it's healthy. Therefore, we can redefine it. And you guys are crazy, not us. Don't take my word for it. Here's Jean Pierre. Doing exactly that when asked if we were in a recession. Take a listen. I think the what we're not even. I think what the point that we're trying to make here is that we have a strong labor market, which you don't normally see in a recession. Uh, that is very uncommon uh, to see that. Well, why are they going to have to redefine a healthy or strong labor market, folks? Don't doubt me. I'm telling you, everything we tell you on, with limited exceptions, comes out to be true. It's not hard. We're not fortune tellers. We're not the Stygian witches here. Give me the eye. These people are just really easy to predict. Watch how they start to now bend what a healthy labor market means, even including an economy that's now starting to see increased unemployment benefits and less job openings. Oh, that's not happening, Dan. Oh, wrong. I don't have time to put an element in today's show, but it just popped before we came on the air. Jobless claims. For the left, that means people out of a job, jobless claims, just rose, just launched this morning right before he came on the air by 6,000. Are you going to put something in there? Yes, you're taking a note. Thank Thank you. you. 6,000 more jobless claims, meaning more people are claiming unemployment, are claiming they're out of a job. That's not it. That's not it. It doesn't end there. They'll redefine a healthy job market because the Daily Caller, John Hugh Dimashri notes, Economists warned the labor market's the next victim of inflation. So the Jolts report came out. Job openings. A lot of job openings is a good number if it's high. Why? Because it means people are hiring. If Joe and I were like, hey, man, we got to expand the podcast. We need to hire six people. That would mean what? With this show successful. Joe needs help, correct? Not complicated. You want job openings to go up. Right. If job openings are going down, That means the economy is not looking great because people aren't hiring because they anticipate a recession. Look at the article in the Daily Caller, ladies and gentlemen. The facts speak for themselves. Don't take my word for it. Just take the facts word for it. The total number of job openings, quote, fell to 10.7 million in June, with 6.4 million hires and uh, 5.9 million separations which includes all reasons an employee may leave a company, according to the BLS. They fear now that inflation and changes to tax policy would lead to layoffs and reduce demand for workers. That's why job openings are going down. Watch, they are going to redefine that too. You heard it here first. A healthy job market now will be, well, We're in, unemployment's up. And job openings are are uh, job openings. We're losing uh, jobs, and job openings are down. But don't worry, they're not down as much as they. You see how they do that? Yeah. You you heard it here first. So saith the Enjoy. great Bondini. Thank you. Flag it, please. I forgot Flag Thursday, it. August fourth, nine twenty eight. Thank you, because you'll be crossing that off in a matter of days yeah. too, as more of these unemployment numbers come in. All right, let me get to my next sponsor, and then let the cannibalism continue. Let the cannibalism on the left continue. A civil war is erupting on the left right now. Oh, yeah. We called it. You called it, too. I get a lot of your emails. Someone sent me this article. It's like, Dan, here it is. Cannibalism in action at a mass scale on the left. Told you. Very excited about today's show. If you're looking for a firearm that's easy to transport, you got to check out the U.S. Survival Rifle from Henry Repeating Arms. It's a portable rifle you can put together and take apart in a few minutes. It's henryusa.com and be sure to order a free catalog. They'll send it with free decals and a list of dealers in your area. That's henryusa.com for a free catalog and decals and to see the Henry U.S. Survival Rifle. Okay. I've spoken of this often. No need to, uh, to beat it up too much. But I have um, discussed that the left is going to start eating itself alive with their PC, cancel culture, wokeism, whatever you choose to call it. I don't need to read the fine words. Whatever you want to call it, call it. You can call it stupidity, socialism, Green New Deal, Great Reset. It's fine. They all subscribe to the same guiding ethos, right? But they're going to start eating themselves alive because they've attacked conservatives for decades, and we've hardened ourselves here. We have a parallel economy now developing, and we just don't care. So the grifter class on the left has to keep attacking people to keep raising money and telling people they're doing stuff. So I told you they're going to start eating themselves alive. Here it is. Here it is. Thank you to the listeners sent this over Axios this morning. So this be in the newsletter today too. check this out. Personal behavior, even Taylor Swift's is a minor part of climate change. <laughs> this is, this is hilarious. So what's going on here? Backstory first, bottom line up front. Taylor Swift and other celebrities, including, uh, I think it was Kylie Jenner. Is it Kylie or what? I think it's one of the Jenner sisters. Uh, Jenner, One of the Jenner sisters took a picture of the two Jets, her and I guess her boyfriend's Jet. And they're like, which one are we going to take? The lefties who loved the Jenners went wild. You want a climate criminal? Oh my God. They want to like put her in jail, right? She's a lefty. She's not some big conservative, right? Taylor Swift, it was, uh, you know, she's, by the way, Taylor Swift is disputing this account just to get that on the record. But they're saying Taylor Swift flies a lot of private flights too and is emitting a lot of CO2, what they call poison, all over the globe. Taylor Swift is a hero to the left, especially because she was once affiliated at least with the country music brand, which leans largely right. The fact that she's like a convert to their cause makes her a goddess. So Axios notes that because... These celebrities who claim to be lefties don't seem to be doing lefty stuff, Joe. Now the rules have to be changed. Remember, there's no objective set of values we should all live by. Follow me here. If you're a lefty and you believe in principles, right? Principles like unnecessary CO2 emissions are destroying the earth and we're all going to be dead in 12 years. Then you should abide by those principles too. It's kind of like when Republicans who claim to be pro-life, it's discovered that they paid for someone to have an abortion. They don't, right, Joe? They don't get to say, oh, no, no, I'm pro-life, just not for me, right? The, you think the media would accept that, Joe? That ex- just just check. Niet, Nyet, Joe. <laughs> Very good. Niet is correct. Spent a little bit of time in Russia. The lefties are already getting their Mueller probe. Spent a little time there. Don't worry, it's on behalf of the government you love. Niet is correct. You wouldn't, they'd say, oh, look at you, look at this fraud. Says he's pro-life. He paid for an abortion. What a big phony. Yet the left, Taylor Swift and all the lefties out there who fly around the globe and private jets claiming CO2 is a poison. This creates an interesting conundrum for the left. Because as producer Jim said this morning, we were doing the rundown. He goes, Dan, isn't it weird how this is considered an existential crisis? We're all going to be dead in 12 years because of CO2 in the atmosphere. And yet... The people who really matter, the Al Gores, the John Carrys, the Taylor Swifts, the people I'm, by matter, I'm being facetious, obviously, but the people who really matter don't seem to be doing anything about it, even though we're all going to die in 12 years. So personal behavior only matters for you, not for the important people. So they need to find a way out of this. Here it is, folks, as if on cue. Celebrities would be doing the earth a favor if they cut back on private jets, no Axios. But combating global warming will require bigger systemic changes, not, not just better personal behavior. You see it? You see it? Uh-huh. This is it. Here's it starting already. Now, again, this is a heavy show, so deal with me here. What's really going on here? First, the activist crowd out there that grifts and makes money off this stuff, right? The cat lady types. They're nothing but grifters. They rely on donations from useful idiots on the left, right? They are out of victims on the right. Nobody cares anymore. I canceled Google. They didn't have to cancel me. You get what I'm saying? So the activist crowd, the cat ladies of the world, they need to find new victims. You, even if you go look at what she's up to all them, they're starting to attack people on the left too because they're out of victims on the right. And you have to, quote, show results. Is this making sense? So if the only results you can show is by attacking Taylor Swift to raise money, look how principled I am. I'll even attack Taylor Swift. The activist crowd doesn't care. They've got to raise money. BLM needs to buy some more large mansions. They'll attack us, but we don't give a damn. They'll go for the left, too, just to get their profile up and to show results. Because there's no results to be, to be gotten anymore on the right. Nobody cares. We've ignored them. So you got the activist crowd here, okay? The grifter crowd. We got to raise money. We got to attack people, even the lefties. Then you've got the real hardcore communist great reset crowd. Dan, aren't they the same thing? No, they're not. I've been doing this a long time. They are not. These people are grifters motivated by money. They have no jobs They're, I'm not kidding. Their livelihoods are donations from idiots. So they have to keep showing results. The hardcore communist crowd, the Bernie Sanders of the world, the Liz Warrens, the AOCs, the communist crowd. The but By the way, that's just here. These people are believers, man. They're frauds too. They own Teslas and three homes. Okay, but of course they're frauds. That's besides this specific point. But they are real believers. They are believers in this uh, tyrannical top-down ideology. You may say, Dan, they're believers in environmental change too? No, they're not. Of course they are. They're not. They're called watermelons. Green on the outside, red on the inside. You never heard that before? They're not. They're red. They're communists. This environmentalist thing is just a vehicle for them for top-down authoritarianism to control the energy supply to create the chaos I talked about in the beginning. They don't give a damn about the environment, so they have to apologize because Taylor Swift is useful for them, and they don't care about Taylor Swift's CO2 emissions because they don't care about CO2. They care about authoritarianism and the Great Reset. Do you understand so now the civil war is breaking out, summed up. Sorry if it went on a little long, but this is so critical. Here's the civil war. You've got the activist grifter class just looking to raise money off attacking lefties because it gives them a click uh, a click, and people send them some bug. Oh, look at Principal. They're attacking Taylor Swift too. And then you've got the hardcore communists who need Taylor Swift to implement their new communist great reset future. They don't give a damn about Taylor Swift's flying habits. So now you have the apologists in the media who will always side with the hardcore communists, always, saying, ah, personal behavior doesn't matter. It's really about systemic change. It doesn't? Let's see them apply that exact same sentence the next time some conservative gets caught funding an abortion, which is abhorrent, by the way, because I actually have principles. Let's see them apply that exact same thing. Well, he funded an abortion, but he passed a law that may have saved 100,000 lives, so that doesn't matter. Watch how that works existential crisis right sure that was one of the most important segments i've done in a long time i hope that registered with you you're going to see this civil war continue going forward as they continue to melt down and the cannibalism continues on the left that's why i'm always optimistic about the future it's a great op in the wall street journal i'm not gonna have time to get to today maybe tomorrow and by the way submit your questions for tomorrow let me get that in early so don't forget locals go to my locals app I have some road trip video yesterday too. Locals.com and download the Locals app. I'm at D. Bongino. Submit some questions for tomorrow's show. Uh, I put questions for tomorrow's podcast. And on True Social, at D. Bongino, I have another post, questions, if you want to submit questions for tomorrow's show. But the Wall Street Journal piece, I was getting to, I'll, I'll, hopefully I'll get to it tomorrow. It's, uh, I think it's called like a note for optimism. It is a, a beautifully done piece. I think Jerry Baker wrote it. that sums up how chest out, folks, chin up. I'm telling you, things are not as bad as they seem right now for us politically. Yes, under the Biden administration, things are rough. But politically moving forward and bringing the freedom train back to the station, things are not all bad. Key, can you remind me to talk about that article tomorrow? It goes through piece by piece. I don't have enough time today, but this cannibalism is going to continue and this movement is going to eventually eat itself alive as the grifters and the hardcore commies start to clash more and more over money and clout, guaranteed. Okay, let's get into a little bit of what happened in Kansas. This is a big story. If you're not paying attention to it, you should. There was a referendum on the ballot in Kansas. It was a ballot measure to end uh, abortion rights that were uh, from being enshrined in the state constitution. The state constitution was going to enshrine the Kansas state constitution uh, they wanted to end, the, uh, the ballot measure was going to end abortion rights that were enshrined in the state constitution. I want to be clear on because it, it gets confusing a little bit. That's, and you'll That'll make sense in a second, too. I'm not confusing you on purpose, but the confusion is part of the story. So, it, Republicans are panicking because the pro-abortion crowd won and won overwhelmingly, 62% of voters. You know what? Can we do the just the news story first before the soundbite? Here, just the news kind of sums it up. You'll see this piece. It's by their staff. The AP reported 62% of voters said no to the proposed constitutional amendment with about 90% of the vote counted. So the pro-abortion crowd won, pro-life crowd lost. So we're crystal clear. In the balloting, Kansas became the first state in the US to allow voters to decide on abortion laws since Roe got overturned. A yes vote likely would have allowed the GOP uh, led legislature to further restrict abortions in the state, some observers said. Folks, the left is... I mean, absolutely elated. I mean, throwing parties that they can kill babies now in Kansas or potentially can. They're they're loving it. Republicans, though, however, some activists on our side, um, others are, are, are really depressed and think that this is really going to destroy the life movement nationwide. Hold on. Their messaging is way off on this, too. Here's what I mean. Here's Corinne Jean-Pierre saying one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard when addressing this abortion issue. Check this out. The Supreme Court made this extreme decision uh, to take away a, a constitutional right. Uh, it was an unconstitutional, unconstitutional action by them, a right that was around for almost 50 years, a right that women had to make a decision on their bodies and how they want to start their families. Again, folks, she's uniquely unqualified for this. The Supreme Court, pursuant to the Constitution, reviewing the constitutionality of the Dobbs case and the Roe case is unconstitutional. There are very few people who would be willing to humiliate themselves in a public forum like that. Karine Jean-Pierre is one of them. Just uniquely bad at this. Don't panic about this yet. Here's why. There are some critical takeaways. First, again, I can't emphasize enough, the pro-life crowd lost me being one of them in Kansas on this referendum. Does this, by the way, here's some coverage by MSNBC or NBC. Does this sound like journalism to you? I want you to listen to the reporter who sounds absolutely giddy, like she's at a Chuck E Cheese's party or something right now. Now that Kansas may be able to kill more babies in a womb listen this is journalism folks check this out i i really don't think we can overstate just how big of a deal this is the first ballot test for abortion rights and the answer was clear and it was decisive and it was in kansas i mean you said it there a ruby red state and here you had such an overwhelming message from kansans that They want to protect abortion rights here. And listen, the the no vote, the abortion rights advocacy side, they had a lot of headwinds here. Uh, This was a primary election, smaller turnout, tends to be a more conservative turnout, right? Uh, There was a lot of misinformation, including text messages sent to voters just before election day, trying to confuse what the yes and the no vote meant. Does Does that sound like journalism to you or advocacy? She sounds giddy, like, uh, you know, like she was like a part of like the activist group pushing the pro-abortion agenda herself. She notes at the end, though, that there was a lot of confusion in the race, which is interesting because confusion in the race was the point. Here's why you shouldn't, the pro-lifers out there, a couple of takeaways from this and critical lessons here. I'm going to give you it in threes because people tend to think it threes. Number one to the left celebrating this case that they can now potentially kill more babies in Kansas. I thought you told us that the overturning of Roe and the Dobbs case, Joe, didn't they tell us that was going to end abortion quote rights nationwide? I I I thought, I thought you told, I think you told us that. Yep. They did. Wait, they did. Well, well, what just happened in Kansas? How is it? I'm confused. So, so you were lying. So basically, what I told you about the Dobbs case, that I wish it did eliminate abortion, but that doesn't listen to me, it does not do that. It simply turns the abortion issue back over to the states. Just like I says, as grandma Eileen used to say to me all the time like I says, Daniel, did I not tell who's lying? Go ask your lefty friends what happened in the Dobbs case in the Supreme Court. Hey, you hear about that abortion case in the Supreme Court? I can guarantee you, as my name is Dan Bongino, there is an upwards of 80% chance that they'll tell you a Supreme Court made abortion illegal. That is not what happened. They turned it back over to the states, just like what happened in Kansas, where voters made a decision. Kind of weird how... They lied to you. I told you they lied to you. They called us conspiracy theorists. And now when it's turned back over to the states and the pro-abortion crowd gets to kill more babies, they're now celebrating federalism I told you existed when they told me I was a liar. Strange, right? I, I, keeping up with all the bullshit is really hard. And yet again, they continue to attack. <laughs> They lie to you all the time about everything. Everything. All they do is signal. Everything's signaling. Everything. Signaling virtue while not telling the truth. Here's takeaway number two from this. To some, and a limited number, it's usually swamp rats, but to the swamp rats on our side, there are too many of you on the Republican side, not in this listening audience, but you know they're out there up on Capitol Hill. Freaking out. Oh my gosh, Kansas. It's a red state. Voted against the pro-life cause. Ready to give up. I'm not ready to give up. Do our principles matter or not? I'm not willing to go on the record saying killing babies is okay, because it might cost us a political might cost us a political seat here and there. I'll get to that in a second. You may say, Dan, that we lost in Kansas. Be hold on. I'm not done with that. I still haven't discussed the confusion point. I wasn't trying to confuse you. You'll get what I mean in a second. Do our principles matter or not? We have to do a better job convincing people we shouldn't kill babies in the womb. There is no ambiguity about the immorality of this. None. If there were, the left would just admit what they're doing and stop with the euphemisms. It's a clump of cells. It's an elimination procedure. No, it's a decapitation and a partial birth abortion. That's what it is. It's a dismembering of an infant's body in the womb. Oh, you can't use that language. Why? Why? Why can't? That's what it is. That's what is. Oh, oh, we're back to the chaos theory deconstruction of objective meaning to words again. Yeah, yeah. We're back to that again. What is a dismemberment A removal of limbs and stuff? That's what happens in a partial birth abortion. The baby's dismembered. So why do they need euphemisms if they're so proud of what they're doing? Why do they need to call what's obviously a human being at an early stage of life a clump of cells? Why do they do that? You find a single cell uh, paramecium on Mars, it will be proof of life. You find a multicellular human being at an early stage of life in a human womb and it's just a clump of cells. Weird, right? Folks, Is what we're doing. Does it matter or not? The Democrats don't do this. The Democrats are willing to forfeit short-term political fights for generational change. And if you are one of these swamp rats not ready to do the same things, then get the get out of your seat right now. Get out of your seat and let someone else get in there. Oh, come on, Dan. Democrats don't do this. Really, you want an example right now? What about the Build Back Better plan? The Biden administration pushed through with the help of a lot of swampy Republicans the American Rescue Plan, nearly two trillion in spending that caused massive inflation. You're living through right now. Nobody disputes that. Okay. Now, you would say to yourself as a normal person, if I was concerned about political wins and voters were crushing me on inflation, and they are crushing Biden, he's at 30% something approval, then you would dial back spending more money. Not the left. The left believes in spending more money and bankrupting America. So they reframe the Build Back Better plan as the Inflation Reduction Act, using Orwellian language, because the objective meaning of words doesn't matter, and they push for more spending. Proving again the point I just told you. That when the Democrats focus on something, they do it no matter what, even if it costs them short term. If they can expand government in the long term, they will forfeit some seats because they believe in screwing you over. Remember what they did with Obamacare? Remember Obamacare? They were warned about Obamacare, folks, over and over. I could pull the damn articles. This is going to cause a rebellion in America. And what happened? The Tea Party wave. They didn't care one bit. They said, throw those idiots out. We'll get them back later. Really, they, they threw their own people to the wolves. They lost a historic number of seats. They didn't care. They're trying to expand Obamacare subsidies right now because they believe in this. Now they believe in what's wrong. Do you believe in what's right? Is it more important for you to retain a few seats than to save millions of babies' lives? Does that matter to you or not? oh, you wuss bags up on Capitol Hill, this is the time to hit the gas. There's one more component of this people are missing. This was such a convincing result, like the lefties are saying, look, Ruby Red, quote them, Ruby Red, Kansas, by the way, which has a Democrat governor, just a note. Ruby Red, Kansas said, we want to kill babies in the womb. Look at us. Then why did the left get real quiet, real fast about all the confusion pre-election day about this i'm going to get to that in a second pre-election day on this kansas referendum where again the pro-abortion crowd is celebrating the left including the left-wing media like the guardian they were all over the place about oh my gosh this ballot initiative is so confusing you'll see this guardian piece they were talking about how the language in the balloting was all over the map the confusion the left was reporting about confusion because the language on the Kansas abortion ballot is so confusing. Where am I getting that language from? An actual headline at the left-wing Guardian on Election Day. What was happening? I'm going to read this. Keep that up. The polls were not great for them. They thought this the pro-life crowd was going to win. So in order to pre-message it, Joe... What were they saying? Oh, if the pro-life crowd wins in Kansas, it's because the ballot language is super confusing. This is on election. It's their own headline. Why the language on the Kansas abortion ballot is so confusing. Here, this is, again, left-wingers. But this election may not be an accurate picture because the text on the ballot is so hard to understand clearly. They know Republicans in the state legislature wrote the language on the ballot last year. And ever since experts has argued is, is purposefully confusing and misleading. You, you following? This is election day. They think they're going to lose. So they go on to explain the ballot language. I don't know who wrote this on the Republican side, but it is super confusing. And the left was worried. Here, let me read to you the language. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but it is. It's ridiculously confusing. Because Kansas values both women and children, the constitution of the state of Kansas does not require government funding of abortion. does not create or secure a right to abortion. To the extent permitted by the constitution of the United States, the people through their electoral state representatives and state senators may pass laws regarding abortion, including, but not limited to, laws that account for circumstances of pregnancy resulting from rape or incest or circumstances of necessity to save the life of the mother. Yes or no? I don't even know. And I do this for a living. Nah. I'm like... Lost me. I've lost all of us. But did you notice, again, how phony the left is? I'm not telling you, by the way, so we're absolutely clear because I am not a lefty. And I will never lie to you. We may have legitimately lost at the ballot to the pro-abortion crowd. We may have. I'm not challenging the actual vote count. I want to be clear. I'm simply suggesting to you that the point that it was super confusing and people were unclear what yes or no voting meant may explain away a large swath of this overwhelming victory the pro-abortion crowd had because pro-lifers voted wrong by mistake. How do I know that? Because I just read the damn headline from The Guardian on election day. Now, do you notice all of a sudden, like the confusion thing is all died down? No one's talking about it anymore. And when that reporter in MSNBC or NBC, whatever it was, talks about confusion. She just mentioned some confusing texts, but never mentions the fact that Democrats thought they were going to lose and were already doing a pre buttal by claiming, oh, if we lose, it's just voter confusion. Now, Now that they won, you don't hear anything about it. So my three takeaways, because this is an important fight. This is federalism at work, even if we don't like the result. That's what Dobbs did. The Democrats lied to you said Dobbs in the Roe case, we're going to ban abortion nationwide. That is not what happened. I just proved it to you. We were right. They were wrong. Second, our principles have to matter and we've got to be willing to fight for them. I don't care whose ass is sitting in that seat. I care about saving lives and saving freedom. We got to sacrifice a few seats to move the freedom train back to the station Then we're damn well going to do it. Takeaway number three, don't get crazy about this result. There may have been a lot of confusion. We may have still lost, but I guarantee you there was a lot of confusion in this race. And I don't believe it's nearly, nearly the overwhelming victory they think it is. All right. I was just talking about signaling before. What's signaling? Well, one of the best examples of signaling over substance is uh, I listened to a podcast a while ago. I use this example often uh, Econ Talk. It's a good one. And they had a guest on talking about how our education system is basically all junk and it's all signaling. You don't actually learn anything of real substance. And the guest said, I'll give you a perfect example. In a, you, you get to go into a job interview for a high stakes job. Do you want no degree and the skills for the job? No degree at all in the interview. Or a degree from Harvard in that field and very little skills. What do you want? The answer is probably 80% of people say, well, if I'm going to a job interview, I only got one choice of those two things. And they'll believe it either way. I want the Harvard degree. I'll learn the skills later. Right, Joe? I mean, common sense, right? Yeah. You don't want to go in there and say, I got a high school diploma. I'm not. I'm just telling you, those are some of the smartest people out there. People who skipped and wound up learning an actual skill. You get my point? The degree is a signal. If you would rather have the degree than the skills for a job that requires skills, that means you believe in the signal, not the skills. The Democrats are all signaling all the time. They are all bull stuff. Perfect example. A guy who is on my last nerve right now is this Democrat liberal Bernie Sanders lunatic in Pennsylvania who has BS so many people. This guy, John Fetterman into believing he's some tough guy, man of the people. He is a wussbag, coward, fraud, this guy, like you've never seen in your life. You know what? Do the Daily Wire piece first, just to show you, before I show you who this guy really is. John Fetterman walks around with his, like, you know, it's, it, 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 look at me, man. I'm in, like, a car hard Look at me. I'm one of the people. You are? you one of the people? Look at this fake, phony, signaling loser. Daily Wire, Tim Meads. Pennsylvania Senate nominee, Fetterman. His parents gave him an allowance as high as five figures well into his 40s. What? Now, to guys like me and Joe and Justin and Guy, who come from working <laughs> class families where everybody's work for, I mean, Joe's had a lot of jobs, so have I. Well, like, your parents gave you a five-figure salary into your 40s? What kind of freaking loser are you? Holy Moses. Here, from the piece. Senate nominee Fetterman lived off a yearly allowance as high as five figures provided by his parents well into his 40s, a recent report revealed. The lieutenant governor, Fetterman, who bills himself as a progressive friend of the working class, survived for 13 years as uh, as the mayor of Braddock, Pennsylvania, thanks to his parents' money. What are the boys, Joe? Joe, when you were out there, you know... Busting your ass on the road trying to make it as a musician and then getting up at two in the morning, driving into work to do a morning show for 20 years, busting your ass. I used to see the lines in your eyes when I go in and do interviews. Um, (laughs) Were you getting a five-figure allowance from mom and dad? Just throwing that out there, buddy. Uh, Hell no. You're not. Okay. (laughs) And and you have kids, very tough one, who does a very patriotic thing. Um, Are you providing him a five-figure allowance? I'm just going to throw that out there. No, Dan, I'm not. No, you're not. No, okay. Um, You're not. (laughs) (laughs) Betterman's one of us though, Joe. Uh, Yeah, right. Sorry. I'm actually laughing at this clown. Here's who this loser really is. And yet there are still people. I get it. Listen, um, you know, you're not crazy about Mehmet Oz's candidacy. Fine. But will you please, 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 I'm begging you, remember my golden rule. Republicans are not the solution to all your problems. I get it. Neither is Mehmet Oz. But Democrats are absolutely the cause of your problems, period. Here's who John Fetterman, uh, mama's boy, uh, five-figure allowance loser. Here's who he really is. Here's clip number one. He wants men to play in women's sports. Why? Because he's probably never actually been a serious... uh, you know, human being who's ever had a deal with sports in any particular way. Here, here's John Fetterman. Check him out. Do you believe transgender women should be allowed to play on women's sports teams at the youth, youth through college level? Yes. Still wiping uh, tears. I can't get over how PP says so much This guy has so many people suckers. He's such a tough guy. He wants men in women's sports. It's great for your daughter, right? You working class uh, Pennsylvania coal miners out there. It's exactly what you want too, right? Grown men competing with women in your daughter's sports. Of course, it's uh, working class. One of the boys, right? Here's another one. He's supported by all the Hollywood elitist losers. Here's another guy who pretends to be one of the boys. Remember Steven Van Zandt? your you're a musician, yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. part of that. Yeah, Steven Van Zandt. All the big time Hollywood people who pretend to be like you, Bruce Springsteen and all. Oh, Dan, you're attacking the Bruce loser. Bruce Springsteen has never been one of you. Either is Van Zandt. Get that out of your head. They pretend to be one of you to sell you stuff. Here's Steven Van Zandt attacking Mehmet Oz, suggesting, oh, he's not a real candidate. He lives in New Jersey. On behalf of John, this was on John Fetterman's Twitter account. Check this out. Yo, Dr. Oz, Stevie VZ here. What are you doing in Pennsylvania? Everybody knows you live in New Jersey, and you're just using your in-laws address over there. You do not want to mess around with John Fetterman. Trust me, he's a little out of your league. Nobody wants to see you get embarrassed. So come on back to Jersey where you belong, and uh, we'll have some fun. Eh? We'll go to the beach. We'll go surfing. You know, come on. I got an idea, uh, Steve, another working-class guy worth millions upon millions of dollars. Big loser. Uh, how about you put your name on a mountain? Shut the fuck up. How about that? Here's John Fetterman again. You know, Pennsylvania, you got a lot of energy businesses over there. You got a lot of big energy companies doing some... Hydraulic uh, fracturing over there, which provides uh, you know millions, if not billions, of dollars in assets to the state. Here's Fetterman, like ah, you energy workers, you know, I don't support any of that crap, even that Keystone thing. Here's Fetterman, it's who he really is. And now you have a president who's building that back and making decisive actions like canceling the Keystone pipeline, which some people don't support. And and I, I think he made the right call. Justin just made a bold statement. I I don't know. I don't know if I'm even willing to go there. I'm, this is bad. He's like, damn, this is a this one, the one we just played, is a Corinne Jean-Pierre level statement. That's I don't know. That's bad. That's like the ultimate insult. I'm not sure. <laughs> Fetterman's getting there, though, quickly. Here's just one more. So he doesn't like energy, He wants men and women's sports. He's supported by a bunch of Hollywood losers and zeros. But he's one of you, folks, lunch bucket guy. Don't worry. Five-figure allowance from mom and dad. Here he is on the COVID inflation bill, which cost you. Uh, with earning power as inflation's pushing now close to 9%. He thinks it was a great idea. Check this out. It's very encouraging that they passed the, 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 the massive COVID relief bill, but also more work needs to be done. There it is, folks. There's John Fetterman telling you how really terrific it is that they passed a bill that led to the destruction of your wallet and your earning power. All right, I was going to... You know what? I got to get to this today. I'm sorry, guys. This is such a good story. Just quickly sh- shifting gears a little bit. Folks, you know I'm obsessed with mixed martial arts and Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Folks, here's the hard reality. You must learn to defend yourself. You have to. Outkick has a story. An MMA fighter in New York City took down a man allegedly assaulting people in New York City. He was a Brazilian jiu-jitsu guy. You've probably seen a video. I'm going to play it for you in a second or a piece of it. I can't emphasize this in strong enough terms. You must, must learn to defend yourself. It is your job. Do not be a sheep. There are wolves out there. As Lieutenant Dave Grossman says, you better be a sheepdog to protect yourself and others against the wolves and to protect the sheep too. It is your job. Fighting is a skill, just like hitting a baseball. If you don't practice it, you will never be good at it. You have to learn to fight and defend yourself. Why? Because you won't panic and you won't hit the bed with an S in front of it when you have to act like a sheepdog like this guy who defended people against this alleged attacker. Watch this, check this out. All right. <laughs> What? And we walk it into this. Nice, bro, you still don't punch people in the it for no directly into my. Yeah, okay, bro. Into no. my, into no. my you see how calm he was? Let me tell you something. Fighting is a skill and panic kills. When you train yourself to fight, you will not panic. 99.9% of people out there have no idea at all how to fight. They saw a Chuck Norris movie growing up, and they think they're going to do the crane movement like Ralph Macchio and the Karate Kid. It is a skill. Here is the guy who taught me how to fight and taught me how to do Brazilian jiu-jitsu. His name is Matt Serra. He was a UFC fighter. I've had him on my uh, box show. He hosts a podcast called Unfiltered, too. Here's Matt Serra. He's in a restaurant, and a guy starts threatening people. I want you to watch this video, how calm he is as he holds the guy down and waits for the authorities, the police and security to arrive. I want you to listen how calm he is in contrast to the guy on the ground because panic kills and he doesn't have to panic because he trained himself to fight and it's a skill. Watch. the skill, folks. It's your job. You have to learn how to defend yourself. All you need is about a year. Once a week, you will learn to defend yourself in 99 out of 100 fights that you'll spend the rest of your life training to fight that one guy who knows more than you. Please, learn to defend yourself. Find a good Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu school today. It's a great exercise, too, if you're, you know your body can handle it, of course. All right. Thanks again for tuning in. Questions for tomorrow again on my locals account. I will put a post up. Uh, locals and truth. I'm at D Bongino on both. At D-B-O-N-G-I-N-O. Please follow me. Have some interesting videos on locals. A uh, little video of my road trip with my daughter yesterday too, if you want to check that out. Uh, locals. And also uh, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. We really appreciate it on Apple, Spotify, and Rumble. It's free. Rumble.com slash Bongino helps us stay on the top charts. We really appreciate it. See you all later. You just heard Dan Bongino.